Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm Sammy Womack, and I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement, and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. This week, we are going to talk about the issue that is on everyone's mind and is on everyone's social media feeds and news feeds and everything. So we are going to talk about the entire situation of what is going on with George Floyd's murder and the the everything that has come from that from the social media call outs and people speaking out people not speaking out um the protests the change and the conversations that have happened as a result um i did have another episode planned for you guys this week it's actually already recorded and you guys will hear it as episode 96 now and um v and i v is my marketing manager and v and i were just like talking and we were trying to decide like how do how do we handle this like how do we we know how we feel in our personal lives and obviously in our personal lives we don't advocate um, police brutality or murder for anyone, for any race. And we um, we both obviously support Black Lives Matter and we support love and equality and, you know, all those things, which is I think fairly obvious if you have followed either one of us. And so we're both kind of just like, what, like, what the hell, like, what the hell? (laughs) Um, Because it is like, it has been crazy on social media lately. Like it has been so crazy and we have seen everything from silence and people just logging off and just, nope to complete outrage and rightfully so we have seen everything from bullying to fake allyship and by i say bullying like so many people have been called out and i personally didn't get called out i'm not that famous (laughs) um and i acted so i don't know you know which one it was but um, there were a lot of people getting called out, like, say something, say something. Why have you said anything? And I think for a lot of us, I don't know, I'm speaking for white people, mostly, I mean, white women, I mean, because that's me. Um, but I was scared to post like, I don't know, obviously, I don't support this. But like, what do I say? And I don't want to make it worse. And you know, everything. Um, And then people started calling other people out. There was like, if you follow the debt-free community, there's always some kind of drama. It is such like a click in so many ways. Um, And people blocking people and people tagging people and calling them out. Um, Then other people calling out celebrities like Rachel Hollis got called out and like Jenna Kutcher and a lot of, you know, big name white women. Um, Like, hello, you say that you like, support equality and you support all women and like all these things and all different races of women. And now like, where are you? Um, And so we saw a lot of people wholeheartedly coming out and being like, I'm sorry that I struggled to post. I didn't know what to post or they're like, okay, I didn't, you know, whatever. And then they, they posted or the opposite happened. We saw people just like turn their page to private and just like, nope, I'm not dealing with it. And, you know, I honestly, like you, you, you do you, like you can't 
force someone to be an ally. And I think that's where we get the fake allyship. And I've seen that too. Like I've seen people just be like, post their black square and they're like, okay, I did something. Other people, they honestly feel it in their heart, but they're not the person, they're not the type of person to post it on social media for one reason or another. And I get that too. And it's like, social media is only social media. It's not a hundred percent real life. So you could be having the conversations in your real life and just not feel like posting on social media. And I've had those conversations and it's just been everything. It's been all over the place, um, which I'm sure you guys have been experiencing it as well. And it's just been so much of a an experience that I, I don't feel like we can just skip over it here on the podcast. We can't just act like it didn't happen, like that it isn't happening. And I honestly believe that we are in the middle of something that will become the new version of the civil rights movement, like our generation's version. It is a revolution of some sort. It is it is something that will be written about in history books. Um, not just this, not just the Black Lives Matter um, growing and not just the police brutality and all of the the change that has come from the protests and all of that 2020 as a whole oh my gosh like what is even happening this year and I mean we thought in February like remember back in February we were seeing the memes that were like okay 2020 like what like I thought you were going to be my year and here we are in June and we're like wow, it just keeps growing. Like it just keeps, what is this year? And I've seen so many people, I'm, you know, I see every meme, I share memes. My sisters hate me because that's all I do is share memes. Um, But I I read them and I see them. And anyway, um, so people are saying like, oh, I thought 2020 was going to be my year. Guess 2021 will be my year. Like we'll just let's just wrap this up. And then I've seen, you know, the response to that being like, don't write off the year that has opened your eyes. And I love that. Like this year obviously is not what any of us planned. And we've all seen those memes of like my plans and then 2020, you know, is like the other side of the meme is something crazy. Yeah. None of us expected this, but sometimes the unexpected and the difficult things are what we needed. And I don't say this to be a person who is spraying toxic positivity because that has been going around as well. Like, well, just, you know, live, laugh, love and just like pray through it and blah, blah, blah. And that's not me. And I am here like sharing the sunny side. Like that is what I am about. And that is not, that is not a toxic positivity. That is not a fake it and smile kind of thing. That is not being naive about the true problems and struggles that are going on, right? And that is not a just, well, you just need to get up and you just need to pray and you just need to meditate and like just focus on yourself and you know, we'll make it through. Like, no, that's not me. I am here for true progress. And sometimes that true progress is hard. Most of the time, the things that bring us true progress are not easy. And as, as V and I were like brainstorming for this episode, so I'm like, I, what, uh, you know, and that's where she fills in the blank. <laughs> Bless her. <laughs> um, and she's like, basically, I feel like we need to bring some positivity out of this shit storm that has been 2020. And I'm like, yeah. And I wrote that down in my notes. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's my starting point. That's my starting point for this episode. And let's take it. Let's grow from there. Right. Um, and if you read my email this week, um, I also, I, I paused my newsletter for a week and 
I was also like, is a week even enough? Like, is it okay? Like, should I be promoting myself? And, you know, and we've seen people do both. We've seen people send emails to show their support. We've seen people just post and say, you know, I'm pausing my emails. And it's another thing of like, I don't, you know, we've never had a, a, a movement like this in the age of social media. You know, in in the 60s, when all of the civil rights and all of that was happening, there was no email, there was no social media. So it's like, how how do we handle that? You know, how do we go about this? And I just want to say on that note to take what you see on social media with a grain of salt. There are marketing teams, there are you know, there are marketing teams and paid professionals who are brought in to do and say the right things. And then on the other hand, there are people who are running their own accounts and are struggling, you know. Um, so social media is not 100% representative of how the person truly feels. So some people like cut them some slack if they didn't show up the way you thought they would. And other people, if they did show up, take that with a grain of salt of how much of it is true, right? So, you know, go into it slightly skeptical, I guess, um, and make up your own mind. Don't just be like, oh, they posted. Okay, that's enough for me, right? Um, And although, you know, I don't have the perfect words to say, and I know everyone is speaking about this, and I know that my voice is not the voice that necessarily needs to be heard right now, but I also feel like, um, not speaking is like choosing silence. And there is the Martin Luther King quote that the debt slayer shared. And it said, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. And that post really spoke to me because I was like, if I say these things in my personal life, if I support the Black Lives Matter movement and just equality in general, that I should say that, right? Um, And so that's what I'm doing. And though I don't have the perfect words to say, and I'm probably going to stumble over some of these words, obviously I already (laughs) am, I have to say something because people are hurting The world is hurting. My heart is hurting. And we are feeling, a lot of us feel like the world is falling apart around us. And we have to figure out how to deal, how to come out of this stronger. Okay. And my personal stance on this, and I'm going to talk about my stance, how I am communicating this with my girls and some other things that I've seen on social media. (laughs) So stick with me through this. So my stance on the topic is, and as I wrote in my email, is that my, my passion for equality is not new and it's not trendy and it's not something that I just decided to flippantly share. I actually, for those of you who don't know, I was actually a history major in college. I planned to be a high school history teacher. That was my original plan um, before I changed my plan. Um, But I was a history major and I got my degree in history and I specialized in post-45, which is post-World War II America. And I have learned about the civil rights in college classrooms. I took an entire class on specifically the civil rights. I've written numerous research papers um, on Daniel and I did a road trip in the summer of 09 and just all over the place. And one of the places we went was the Civil Rights Museum in Birmingham, Alabama. And that was so, so important to me. And it was, it was a huge, like, it was a must on our, on our stop. And I have read so many books. Um, I remember reading Black Like Me, where a white journalist, I can't remember if it was the 50s or the 60s, it was it was somewhere in that in there, um, where he 
darkened his skin. It was like a, I don't know, it was a true story. He darkened his skin and he basically went undercover as a black man and wrote the book. And just his experience of what it actually was like to go from being a white man to a black man and what it and during that era and like it it was insane it was insane and the fact that it was a true story is mind-blowing um i've read the autobiography of malcolm x i know all about martin luther king and how people like malcolm x felt like martin luther king wasn't wasn't um not violent, but he wasn't active enough. Like he was, Martin Luther King was very passive. He was very, he was non-aggressive and, um, and people still didn't like that. He was, he was, um, you know, all about the peace and showing up and doing the right thing. And eventually it would change things and people would see you being good. And then people like Malcolm X came in and they were like, no, this is not working. Let's fight. And I think about that a lot. And I think about what I learned from Malcolm X's autobiography and just everything that I've learned about Martin Luther King and and everything that happened in that time and how that division started to be made between the passive activists and the active activists. (laughs) Um, The difference between Malcolm X and, and Martin Luther King and understanding how that relates to today with the riots and the outrage and you get to a certain point where praying and locking arms and singing and you know holding a sign quietly you get frustrated and you feel like that doesn't work and you get angry and you get violent and This was something, I will be completely honest with you guys. I'm going to try to be super transparent with you guys on this episode of, I honestly had not correlated the riots in present day, all of the past riots that have occurred um, when other murders, you know, um, Trayvon Martin and and all of the other big um, cases have happened I was definitely one of those white people that was like, why are they rioting? That Like, why does it have to turn to violence? And I didn't understand. And I only during this particular period of the riots have I heard it explained in a way that made sense to me was comparing it to how Malcolm X felt. He felt like, we can't just pray about it all day long. It's change is not happening fast enough and we're angry. And also heard it explained in the sense of like when a child has experienced trauma in their lives, like abuse at home, they will act out at school and they will like hit other kids at school and become a bully at school, for example. Um, and it's like you get beat up on for so long that you lash out. You're angry. And honestly, that did not make sense to me until now. And I too, like I am learning. And and what I'm saying is like all of this history, all of that, that entire civil rights class, I hadn't pieced that together because I hadn't personally experienced that anger. Um, Another thing I read was Asada, an autobiography, and I absolutely adored the book. I, it was, it was, uh, it, it was hard. Like, it was tough to get through some of it. It was, there was, there was a lot of trauma in the book um, and just everything that she experienced. But hearing it from a woman's perspective, I always go to the woman's perspective because that's my perspective. And so hearing a woman's perspective during this time was amazing. And she talks about like the Black Panthers and um, changing her name. I remember the part, and again, like I read this in college 10, 12 years ago. So um, my 
I don't remember every 100% of it, but what has stuck with me is I remember the parts about the Black Panthers. I remember the part about her changing her name from her American name to an African name. And I remember that being a big deal and her like being okay and coming to terms with her culture and how she had been told not to for so long and to like just fit in, just fit in, just be as white as you can be, you know, and don't stand out and things like that. And how when she when she gave herself an African name and, and adopted that, um, how she was felt like she was becoming her true self. And I see that now um, in current times. And I have seen um, I know there's several of like Beyonce, for example, there's several black women who are very like, this is who we are. And we're proud of our, our history, our culture, our bodies, our hair, you know, and, and people like Rihanna who are doing amazing things for the makeup world and making sure that the tones the the skin tones of makeup are inclusive and that is so powerful and that comes from women like Asada who started it you know and now and we see that in present day and so I know that and I I love that and I love to find those missing pieces and that's the history nerd in me but I also have learned from history that we must keep pushing forward and to make all of those puzzle pieces connect and so 40 50 years later we can look at women like Beyonce you know and say she's a gorgeous woman period you know and we can we can appreciate how she looks her culture her natural hair her all the all those things because a woman started that movement 50 years ago 60 years ago right um and so we must keep pushing forward we must keep taking those small steps those daily steps to make the world a better place one day at a time and one voice at a time, one conversation with our children, one conversation with our friends or our family, one healthy conversation on social media, sharing with people who want to become more educated on these topics, people like me who maybe didn't associate the, the riots and the violence with trauma and coming from a place of empathy for that. That is how real change happens, is putting ourselves in each other's shoes and trying to see it from each other's perspectives. And I have seen proof through history that these voices, this one person at a time, does work. And protests do change the world. They do spark revolutions. And voices do bring change and votes do make a difference. Okay. And I honestly, you guys know me. I wish that the solution was as easy as just love each other, treat each other how you would want to be treated. Like love each person as if they were your child or your sister, or your brother. But obviously it's not that simple. And I wish it was that easy and it's not. But. Progress is, it is sometimes slower than we'd like to be, but we have to keep trying and we have to keep showing up for the good of humanity and we have to keep using our voice. We have to keep, we have to keep showing up for the next generation and the generation after that and after that and after that because they're counting on us because I follow so many people on social media that have been so outspoken and, um, Carmen from Make Real Sense posted about her and her wife going to the protests and she posted I, I can't remember the exact quote so I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase but posted something about they showed up for me generations ago and so I will continue to show up. She never as a black woman 
would have never been to where she is now in a prominent career and succeeding financially and doing all these amazing things and having all the freedoms that she has if people wouldn't have shown up to protest three generations ago or however many generations ago, right? And so we have to continue to show up and know that change is coming as slow as it feels sometimes. It is happening. And, you know, that like most of you, I've I've shared the memes. Like I said, I love a good meme. I love a good motivational meme. I love a good hilarious meme. I love a good tearjerker, all, all the memes, right? I've signed the petitions. I've donated the money. And at the end of the day, it is truly compassion that needs to be shared, not just the memes. And although it is so important to use our voices and use our platforms and our our money and our names on those petitions and all of the things, we have to make sure that the change is happening in our hearts as well. We have to make sure that the conversations are being had at home and that real progress does happen in our daily actions. It's in the conversations that we have with our children and our family and our friends. And it is about the mark that we will leave on this chapter of history. What we are living right now will be in the history books. Everything with COVID, for sure going to be in the history books. Everything with all of the protests and the, and the change that is happening, the movement that is happening, it will be in the history books. The past few years of the diversity that has happened in our government, our representation, our everything, our entertainment, all of that, that will be in history. That will be in the history books. We are living history. So let's live as if someone is writing about this because they will be, right? And we've got to keep showing up for each other. We've got to keep showing up with love, with an open perspective. We can't stay defensive because what we said once might have been wrong because I, I've i said my fair share of things that current me would definitely not be okay with. Um, I'm, I've said my fair share of racist things in the past privately, um, that I'm not happy with. Um, I've done my fair share of hateful things. You know, we all probably have, if we're going to be really honest and transparent, but that doesn't mean that we can't swallow our pride and say, yeah, I made a mistake and let's do better right? We've all made mistakes, even if it's not about racism or politics or anything like that. We've, you know, we're all human, right? Um, So let's show ourselves some grace and show each other some grace and keep showing up for each other. And not just this week while the protests are on the news, but every single day, okay? Every single day. So I want to know from you guys how I can help, how I can show up better, um, how I can use my platform to make a difference because I really am open to criticism, healthy criticism, um, and how I can how I can actually make a difference in the world. Um, and I I didn't get called out. I didn't get um, any hateful comments or bullied or anything. Um, I did lose over a hundred Instagram followers. Um, that's not really surprising to me. And I feel like if they unfollowed over the things that I've been sharing in the past week or so, obviously they followed me for the wrong reason. And they didn't know who I was when they followed me, obviously, because this is who I've always been. Um, for the most part, I mean, obviously I've grown up, obviously I made, I've made mistakes, you know, in the past, but in the recent five years or so of, of being a, a real adult, <laughs> I feel like um, this is who I am. 
and I'm not doing this to be trendy or on topic or whatever. And so if you unfollowed me for those reasons, you followed me for the wrong reasons in the first place. So I'm not that worried about it. Um, but yeah, here we are. So a little bit on how we have kind of raised our kids and my younger two don't really understand what's going on. My older daughter is nine and she came in when I was watching a news clip on Instagram about George Floyd and it might have been the clip or all the clips are kind of blurring together at this point, but um, it might have been the clip where his daughter was being interviewed and her mother and that one, oh my gosh, just for me, like I said earlier about Asada and like I put myself in the woman's perspective, I put myself in the, in, in the female perspective, like in the mother or the mother of the child, you know, in this instance or the wife or, you know, whatever that, whatever that role is that I instantly relate to. And so when I saw his George Floyd's daughter's mother crying about the fact that her daughter would not have a father and how young she, she's six years old, I believe. My daughter is six and I could not imagine like, oh my God. And I instantly put myself in her shoes and I was thinking, what if that was me crying? You know, and then I put myself in the other perspective. If you have heard, I have to link, I'll link to it. I'll go find it. I can't, um, I don't remember at the exact moment, but I will go and find it for you guys. The link for one of the protests, a lot, you know, a lot of people have been doing the, um, what is it? Eight minutes and 46 seconds of silence, which is how long they held George Floyd on the ground. Um, and one protest, a woman was on a speaker, a loudspeaker while everyone else was like face down, you know, for the eight minutes in silence. And she was, she was saying all of the words that George said in his last few minutes. And I'm going to, I'll find the link for it, but hearing it like that and then hearing the people in the crowd crying as they're all face down in the grass crying and like you can see people reaching over to like comfort each other in their moments of silence and when he hollered out for his mom and I posted that um there was a sign the sign that kind of went viral about um when George Floyd called out for his mom all mothers were summoned and that's what I heard. And that's what I heard. And I, all I could think of if that was my child hollering for me. And that's the perspective I always put myself in is what if I was his mother? What if I was his daughter? What if I was his wife or the mother of his children? I, I can't not let alone if that was me, you know, and that protest with the, with the woman chanting the words, repeating the words that he was saying and how he called out for his mom, like that got me, that got me. And to hear his daughter say, my dad changed the world, you know, that's where I go in these times. And so my oldest daughter, she came in when I was watching one of the videos and she was like, what are they talking about? You know, and I explained it and her jaw dropped and she was like, what? And her poor innocence, like to her, it makes no sense. Why would anyone kill someone? You know, it, you know, and that's, that's how pure she is. And I started to, you know, I've seen a lot of people posting about how they're speaking to their children and what they're, 
saying and what they're doing. And I'm not a parenting expert. And I usually try not to share too much like parenting advice because I'm not an expert at all. And, you know, not perfect at all. Um, But for us, you know, we we show up in our daily lives with the conversation. We show up and a everyone deserves love. Everyone is beautiful. Every, you know, people are different and that's why they're beautiful. And we've had conversations about, you know, different girls in dance class and how different girls look, you know, some girls look different and different girls in soccer and, And for a medium-sized <laughs> East Texas town, we we do have a good bit of diversity, and I'm very grateful for that. And my girls have been around people of different races. And, you know, we talk about it as it comes up. But honestly, I, I try not to make a big deal about it because I don't want them to think I don't want them to notice it as different and I'm honestly not sure if that's wrong Um, and I've seen a lot of people say I don't want you to say you don't see color I want you to see it and celebrate our differences and I get that and I I do do that as well Um, I don't know if that's something that will be more of a conversation when they are older or how that will come into play. I, like I said, I'm not perfect on this topic. Um, but one story that stands out that I feel like is worthy of sharing with you guys, cause I have a lot of stories, but I won't keep you all day is the difference in the generations and how things have evolved for the better. Um, Okay, so when it was June's ninth birthday, she is very into American dolls and American Girl dolls and um, all that. And each of my girls has a doll. And June decided that her doll, Sabrina, named after her aunt, needed, (laughs) needed a husband. And she wanted Sabrina to get married. She wanted Sabrina to be pregnant and, you know, all of that. And so she told my mom that she wanted a boy doll for her birthday. So my mom's like, you know, Grammy of the year. Of course, that's what she's going to get her. So my mom calls me, I think like the day before the party or something, you know, it was a very like last minute, like she's just going to go to Walmart and grab you know, a My Life doll, whatever boy doll they have. That was kind of her idea. They'll have something. It'll be fine. So she calls me from Walmart, from the toy aisle, and she goes, um, I don't know what to do. And I was like, why? What's up? What's the problem? And she's like, June wants a boy doll, right? I said, yeah, all they have here is a black boy. And she said, I mean, like, is, I don't know. And we are very like, we're not, against um biracial children or or marriage or mixed race marriage or anything like that um my nephew is actually a quarter black um his mom is half black half white um so he is biracial i have several cousins that are in biracial marriages have biracial children you know and so that's that's not the issue she didn't know if june would be okay with it and she didn't want her to be upset or like expecting a doll to look a certain way and she didn't and that's totally understandable I think because if you have girls at all you know that you can get them you know a blonde Barbie and they wanted a brunette Barbie and they could be upset you know it <laughs> it's or they could wanted the Barbie with the purple dress and you got them the Barbie with the pink dress and that could be wrong it's not you know it's not specifically about skin color um any detail and it could be (laughs) wrong and they'll be upset. So anyway, so I think my mom, like she was coming from a good place, but she saw it, right? She saw the difference. 
And I said, oh, it'll be fine. I said, honestly, I said, June's not going to care. And she was, oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's fine. I just wanted to make sure. I said, cool, no big deal. And I thought about it, you know, and so mine, my response was a little less severe than my mom's. And then when June opened the doll, she saw a boy doll. And that was it. And it's never been an issue. It's never been a topic. Obviously, I'm sure she can tell that they have different skin colors. And Sabrina and Dustin got happily married. And Sabrina's happily pregnant now. (laughs) Um, And that's it. That was it. And so... To me, I took that as a parenting win. And, you know, it's not, um, it wasn't a topic of discussion for, for June any farther than she wanted a boy doll. That was it. Cool. You know, end of story. Um, so that is just a little bit on, on that. I feel like our my generation, mine and my sisters, we have evolved a lot. And I'm the only one that has kids as of now, um, other than my nephew on my husband's side. And I feel like their generation is going to be even more understanding, even more um, inclusive and um, up for diversity and all that kind of stuff. And it gets even better. For me and my generation, I was the first one. I'm obviously I'm the oldest child, but I was the first one to date outside of my race. And that was a big deal. Um, I was the first one to have a best friend outside of my race. And that was a big deal in like my junior high days. And to me, it wasn't a big deal. To me, it was friends, you know? Um, So I think that that slow change does happen over the course of generations, okay? So I want to talk a little bit. um, I know we're kind of coming to the end of our time here, and I am going to do a full YouTube video that I'll be putting up this um, in the next few days after this episode airs. So if you're listening to this like a week in the future, it's it'll be good to go and I'll go back and I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, or you can just go to YouTube and search for Sunnyside Up Life. You're going to find it. I am going to do a whole video because I'm realizing that this time frame, we don't have enough time to talk about the entire topic that I want to continue to talk about, which is Dave Ramsey's response to racism and the entire event and how racism affects um, personal finance in general. And so I might do a whole nother podcast topic on this. I'm going to definitely, I'm going to do a YouTube video on Dave Ramsey's response and how I felt about that and how everyone else was getting upset about it. And to me, in short, I will link to it. If you haven't watched the, the YouTube video for it, let's talk about racism. That's what it's called. To me, I thought it was very cold. Um, I felt like he completely, not complete, not a hundred percent, because he wasn't, he didn't make, uh, I hate to even say he didn't make matters worse, but I thought it was a very neutral response. I don't really feel like it necessarily made things worse, but I don't feel like he really made any difference with it. Um, I feel like he very much so wasted his platform of a very big audience, millions of people. As a white man, he he could have really made a difference with his platform. And there are so many people who are like, quote, canceling him and unfollowing him and are really just shocked by this. And to me, my thought was, what did you expect? What did you expect from him? You know, I thought that his tone was nothing new. It was cold and it was very like my way or the highway. And 
I wasn't shocked by it. And I feel like if you were shocked by it, maybe you haven't been paying attention over the past few years. His tone has always kind of been like that. He's always kind of been one-sided on divorce. And I get like, that's a biblical thing. Um, but it's divorce is a reality. It really happens. Whether you agree with it or not, it really happens. Racism really happens, whether you agree with it or not. Um, his stance on same-sex couples. Um, to me, that breaks my heart. I love everyone. And I know so many amazing gay couples, same-sex couples in the debt-free community who are doing amazing things. And one of my friends, Camillo from The Budget Guys, is one of my favorite Instagram friends. And um, I remember when, I think that it was when they were consumer debt free because they're not, I know they're not a hundred percent debt free. And I remember everyone celebrating their accomplishment. And I, I DM him a lot because we both love Maluma and everything Spanish music. <laughs> um, and Anyway, so we DM a lot and I remember like congratulating them on their success on when they hit a certain um a, a certain mark on their debt-free journey. And I said something about Dave Ramsey um acknowledging them uh, because they have a big platform and otherwise Dave Ramsey probably would have reshared the post, okay? And he said Dave Ramsey's not going to reshare our post. And I said, yeah, I know, but he should. And I remember that was the, I remember that was the time that I was like, this is not okay. You know, you have people out here who are wholeheartedly like supporting your ideology and you don't accept their basic lifestyle. Like that just feels very icky to me. I, I just don't like that. And I don't, I don't like that some couples can't go and do their debt-free scream. Like, that just breaks my heart. Um, Christian or not, like, I don't care. That just seems, that just hurts my heart. Um, it, a lot of the things about, like, you have to go to college, no choice. That eh, kind of lost me there. You know, my husband didn't go to college. We're good. Like, college is not the choice for everyone. Not everyone has the choice of, of being able to pay for college, you know, and that's just, I feel like there are two sides to every story. And I feel like being cold doesn't always help in, in these situations. Right. And again, I'll talk about this in the, in the video and in more detail. Um, but a lot of people were very, very outraged and I feel like rightfully so, like, sure, you know, if some people are jumping off the bat bandwagon, a lot of people have like, who are like hardcore Dave Ramsey people are like, I I'm done. And I kind of love it, kind of hate it. Like, obviously there are pros and, there are pros and cons to everything. Um, but I feel like basically in summary for the video, he basically used the entire half an hour to defend himself. He basically just took a total defensive state that was like, and, and it was about him the majority of the time that was like, I'm not racist. I'm not racist. I'm not racist. See, I have a black friend, Anthony O'Neill sitting right next to me. And I was like, um, <laughs> okay, you know, and that just seemed a little very, um, not seeing the world for what it realistically is. And I feel like he really could have used his platform to be like, people are hurting, people are struggling, show a little empathy, right? But then you don't want people to have the fake allyship. And so if that's not really how he feels, I guess you showed us our, your true colors, you know? Um, and that, that was my stance on it. I wanted to watch it to make up my own mind for it. And that's where I am. I wasn't, sh I wasn't shocked or surprised at all. 
the tone was the same to me. It was very cold. It was very sucks to be you. Like that's kind of what it, that's kind of how it came off to me. And it was very defensive. It was very like, you guys are bullying me on social media and it's not true. And I'm going to take a half an hour to defend myself. You could have done a lot with that platform. You know, what I would do (laughs) with a million views on a YouTube video, change the world, right? Um, So that's just me. But I'm going to continue this talk on YouTube and I am going to, I'm going to record it in just a minute while I'm still kind of fired up about this (laughs) and I will link to it. So if you are listening to this, um, the first couple days that it comes out, the podcast episode airs, um, the YouTube video might not be up yet. So check back and I will make sure to share it on social, of course, like always. (laughs) Um, so I hope that this conversation, um, was helpful. I hope that maybe you learned something. Um, maybe you were enlightened. Maybe you were comforted by someone who is saying some of the same things that you've been thinking. Um, maybe you hate me now. I don't know. Um, I hope that you hear my words that from the place that they were intended to come from, um, from a place of love and a place of loving each other and supporting each other and remembering that people matter and that these are real people that are hurting. And I was someone who was very um, scared of the hashtag Black Lives Matter because I thought that meant that white lives didn't matter. I was definitely one of those people. Um, I definitely have said all lives matter many times in my life. Um, and I have come to the realization through all of this, not through bullying, but through my own journey of learning and understanding that black lives are the ones that are at stake right now. And they are the ones that are hurting And when part of our family is hurting, we focus all of our energy on that person until they are better. And to me, that's, that's where I stand. That's where my heart stands. And we have got to do better. We will do better. We are doing better. We have to continue to do better. So that's where I stand. And, um, I hope that that influences where you stand. (laughs) So I love you guys, all of you, and um, I see you and I stand with you and I support you and I love you. That is all for me this week. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye guys. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because you never know who needs to hear this message. If you haven't already, please leave a review and subscribe. Reviews and subscribers are what help the podcast grow and what help new ladies find our community. And again, thanks for hitting play on this episode and for investing some time in yourself today. Remember that I'm always here to support you and I'm always cheering you on along the way. Don't forget that everything that we mentioned in this episode will be linked in the show notes. All right, that's all for me this week. Bye, guys.